Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible. Welcome to our Week 12 Sunday Night Football Chicago Bears postgame show. As our Bears, well, I was going to say laid a goose egg, but they did score points, but emotionally laid a goose egg as they lost to the Green Bay Packers 41 uh, to 25, and the game wasn't even nearly as close as that final score. I'm Russell DeWitt. Tonight, I'm joined by my usual suspect, co-host Nicholas Moriano. Nick, right before we went live and during the two-minute warning, uh, we're getting some snow here tonight, and I looked outside, and I forgot to take a few things off my deck, uh, so I stepped outside to get it. Didn't realize it's like starting to sleet rain, and I got some wet socks, and honestly, that may have been the highlight of, of my night. Uh, wet socks is usually things that gross me out, but it was better than the Bears game, which is saying something. No, absolutely. Well, uh, doing anything but watching the Bears would have been would but would have been a better option to be completely honest. Um, I remember just playing with my puppy. He was wearing his little bear's collar, little like neck collar thingy, and I just took it right off him. He didn't. He doesn't deserve that. So it it was it was rough, Will. But we'll we'll talk about it. But I think we'll we'll talk about other things in this post game show. It's not your traditional one because this game doesn't it doesn't warrant us really going in depth about it. We talked about that even as the game was going on. So let's just let's just get it over with. Let's just rip it off like a bandit. Yeah, I don't know about you, Nick, but my note-taking stopped about midway through the second quarter, give or take. I was like, at this point, I think we know the story, and anything from that point uh, did not matter whatsoever. But let's go ahead and jump into the first quarter of our post-game show here. And, Nick, just 
How are you feeling? I need to, I feel like I need to check in on you and your emotional state of mind right now, because if you're anywhere like me and like a lot of our listeners, you're probably in a deep, dark, scary place. Yeah, well, and, you know, I think at first that's what it was like. I was really frustrated and just angry watching this football team. But then it almost became hysterical in a way, just seeing them do what they did and just losing 41 to 25 on national television to their division, bitter rival, the greatest rivalry in sports, whatever people want to say. And so I think, you know, just just um, kind of going through the game, we kind of knew, well, we both predicted the Bears would lose this game. We didn't think it would be this in a blowout fashion. So in seeing some of the things happen, it wasn't really a surprise. And I think that's the most sad thing that you see a Trubisky fumble get returned for a touchdown. Interceptions, bad play, the defense, the defense not showing up was a little surprising, but it's the Packers. It's on prime time. It's a blowout loss. We've sung this song many, many, many times, Will, and I'm okay. I'm fine. We're, we're going to talk about this, but it's sad that I'm just used to it, and that's why I think I'm so, I guess I'm just not, I'm not even numb to it because, I, again, I know what this feeling is like, and a lot of Bears fans do, and that's the sad part about this whole situation, and I think I was just tweeting during the game, Will, like, for the future. What's going to happen for the future? Like, I think this is like one of those statement losses where, I think something needs to happen. We might get into that later, but how are you feeling about this? Again, 41-25 national television game. Uh, I'm pulling my inner Virginia McCaskey, and I feel pissed off right now. Uh, Honestly, Nick, uh, again, we did not expect a win, but how it unfolded, how the defense from the very first drive was just picked apart uh, was disheartening, and the fact that they couldn't find any counter to it uh, whatsoever uh, was something that really kind of got to me. Uh, usually these games have been closer uh, over the last few years, but not today. It didn't matter. I mean, we know if any opponent's putting up more than 20 on us, we can already kind of write that check. We know how that game's going. Uh, the fact that they gave up over 40, uh, there's just no way in hell. Uh, I don't care who's playing quarterback. I don't care who's calling plays. You're not going to find uh, any way to win this game. And uh, unfortunately, the Bears just had no answer for Aaron Rodgers. And like you, Nick, I did some reflecting. It looked like you were doing more projecting, looking at- Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TemperPedic.com. At the future, and I was just reflecting because like early podcast years, I'd get on here and we'd find a positive in here. And I mean, that was during the rebuild phase. And then things kind of happened in 2018. And I was looking at old tweets from that season earlier today, just because I was trying to find some of that joy again. Like, what was it like covering uh, this team during a fun year? And that was nice for a little nostalgia. And then last year's frustration, and then what's kind of mounting now on top of it, I mean, it's starting to take a toll. I I just feel like I'm becoming, you know, I'm disgruntled. I feel salty. And on top of that, too, I just feel like I'm a a sourpuss on here sometimes now. And obviously, I'd like to smile. I like to find positive things about the Bears. But the trajectory of this team, the trajectory of this franchise, it's it's not good. Uh, And how I saw this team give up something that we rarely have seen really over the years of covering this team. 
uh, is something that I think looms large and speaks volumes of just the the lack of effort from this defense. And we've talked about it. There's going to come a point when they're probably just going to give up. And I think we saw some of that here uh, today. And uh, I know that all season we've been, you know, patting the defense on the back and, uh, you know, being pretty strong and vocal against this offense. But today's a game where it's a complete team effort where you can point the finger anywhere and uh, I think it's warranted. So, yeah, Nick, uh, very, very aggravated uh, would be the, the PG way of uh, expressing how I feel right now. But as we kind of go through this first quarter, again, I don't know if we're going to have a long actual postgame, postgame show. But, Nick, for my Miller Lite monster moment, uh, you already mentioned it in your little quick rundown. It's going to be the Trubisky fumble touchdown. Uh, it was right after uh, the interception, which, of course, Green Bay answered with a touchdown. So you're looking at a – uh, Twenty to three deficit. You got to find some points, and unfortunately, we gave them to Green Bay with uh, Mitch taking that sack on third down. The play prior, of course, uh, he ran out of bounds for uh, negative yardage instead of throwing it away, and then he end up sack uh, getting a sack fumble, and they take it to the house. Makes it a twenty-seven to three game, and a and of course, this is a, an outcome uh, where I guess at this point of the game, you just kind of knew it was over. Uh, so from that point on, I stopped taking my notes. Uh, it's my monster moment because it's probably the biggest play in this game, but also anything after, I don't have it written down. But how about you? Do you have a, a different monster moment? So I was going to go with that, Will, but I'm glad you took that one because I went back to the Bears' first drive of the game, and I'm going back to that Allen Robinson drop touchdown pass that was perfectly placed by Mitchell Trubisky. Look, the Packers go. They have a pretty effortless drive down the field to score a touchdown against the Bears. They miss extra point. And then the Bears bounce back. That 57-yard run by David Montgomery puts him in a perfect position. And Mitchell Trubisky put in a, a perfect ball to Allen Robinson. That 50-50 ball that he has struggled with all season to come down with. He doesn't come down with the ball. The Bears have to settle for a field goal. No, the game's not over. It's 6-3 at that point, right? Cairo Santos makes a field goal, as he always does because he's a great field goal kicker. But... You know, that's a ball in prime time. You have to catch. This is the Bears-Packers rivalry. This is a team desperate for a win on a four-game, now five-game losing streak. You don't come down with that ball. He wants to get paid so much money. On the previous podcast, Will, we talked about moves that we would want to make if we were GM, and I said I wanted to extend Allen Robinson. I said that. And you know what? Like, I see the things that he does, but those plays that he's supposed to make, being being paid to be one of the better wide receivers— he didn't make it. He hasn't made a lot of those 50-50 balls. So I'm going to that play. And look, Allen Robinson is more a part of the solution than he is the problem. I, I understand that. But it is frustrating to see a guy that is frustrated with his contract negotiation not come not come down with that ball. And it could have been a completely different game. You had the lead by one point given. And maybe this pass rush that had, well, zero hits and zero sacks yep. all game could have done something who knows but um i'll go to that one i'm glad you took um the trubisky you know fumble which really shouldn't have happened well i mean there's two face masks on the play like if there wasn't any bias it i mean that that play shows it right then and there but that would be my my monster moment of the game right there alan robson dropping the touchdown pass yeah it's uh you said it. We've been singing that song. I, I feel like it's been, well, it has been multiple postgame shows when we're talking about um, a big Allen Robinson drop uh, in the 50-50 ball that he should be catching. And if he wants to get paid, 
you have to make those. But, yeah, that's not helping his negotiations. I didn't see any uh, tweets from his agent uh, after that play. Uh, and also, on top of that, Allen Robinson was getting a lot of red zone targets today, which is uh, interesting. It's almost like they saw the tweet the Bears did and like, okay, we need to quiet up this agent, and they said, just throw it to him. Yeah, and he – oh, man. If there's any good that came out of this game, this is selfish on my part. My fantasy team did so well with David Montgomery and Allen Robinson. They they <laughs> did something. So, thank goodness, I'm still in the running for maybe a playoff spot. But that's the only thing that – the only good that came out of this game. Now we have to find some solace somewhere. Um, but, Nick, of course, that was our monster moment brought to you by Miller Lite. And right now with all the social distancing happening uh, – I was going to say soaking in this Bears game with friends over a beer may look a little different than in the past, but as the original light beer, Miller Lite has always been there to bring people together through Miller time. And, of course, Miller Lite is the only beer of the Chicago Bears. Miller Lite, they have had a long-term partnership with the Bears. It's been a staple in Soldier Fields for decades. Nick, you and I have so many great memories toasting touchdowns. What what time to be alive when we can actually toast touchdowns with Miller Lights with our friends at Soldier Field during home games and so here's to the Bears. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller time. No matter where you're watching the game, it's always Miller time in Chicago. Pick up Miller Lite for your game day need. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. All righty. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast. This is our Bears-Packers postgame show. I'm Miros Wittlewitt. Joined with me is my co-host Nicholas Moriano. And uh, we're two non Happy campers, uh, as you should expect here right now. And, Nick, I, I wanted to mention a standout stat before we actually get into the second quarter of our show, and I think you hit on it. <laughs> and you're maybe just going to you're just gonna expedite, expedite this show by doing so, but zero hits uh, the Bears had on Aaron Rodgers. No sacks, of course. If you can't hit him, you can't sack him. And the pressures, I think they saw eight. Uh, I thought that was generous to say the least, but I think that just shows the lack of pass rush that the Bears had uh, tonight, Aaron Rodgers had all day to throw, whether it be uh, just rushing three on third down in the red zone, because why not give Aaron Rodgers all the time in the world to find someone near the end zone? That makes sense. Or if they were rushing four or more, unable to hit home, and uh, Cleo Mack, Robert Quinn, so much money put in, in that position, zero results today. <laughs> you look pissed as soon as I said that, huh? Yeah, I was just like, where, where, where are Khalil Mack, Robert Quinn? I think I tweeted that Robert Quinn made a tackle. It was already the third quarter. The game was over. Like, hey, he does exist, which is great. I mean, the other 94 that was here previous to Robert Quinn, Leonard Floyd, he showed up for the games against the Packers. Robert Quinn is such he's, – he's good at what he does. He steals money from organizations that he stole a bunch from the Bears. And we'll, we'll talk about the defense later, but I just had to – put my two cents there because those edge rushers for the bears no matter who was there non-existent no not, none whatsoever is there any other stats i mean for me i guess that's how lopsided early on in this game time of possession was uh the first quarter the bears had the ball for two minutes which granted the big play from david montgomery helps and you got points awesome so he didn't need a lot of time but uh the defense is unable to get off the field unable to stop green bay on third down early on 
or even worse, there's a huge stretch uh, when Green Bay had multiple back-to-back. Well, they had back-to-back-to-back touchdown drives, but uh, the second and the third where I think they faced like two third downs out of like 16, 17 plays. Uh, so they weren't even getting forced into some of those situations to potentially uh, get off the field. So I think time of possession uh, may be uh, another one uh, as well. I don't know if you want to throw any other stats. I think this is a game that's beyond stats, but I will give you the opportunity if so. You know, well, I'm just checking right now. Okay, so yeah, David Montgomery. If there is a plus, David Montgomery was definitely a plus in this game. First 100-yard rushing game uh, of this season for the Bears. And, uh, you know, obviously they have not had success uh, in the run game all season and even last year as well. And previous to that, if you want to go to 2018, it wasn't that good. The stats maybe um, overshadow how productive it was. But 11 carries, 103 yards, obviously the 57-yard um, rushing play that that happened in that first drive was great to see he, is, he ends up getting a receiving touchdown as well later in this game but uh just finally breaking 100 yards uh the bears i think there were times where you're like okay there's actually some blocking in place david montgomery's actually not getting hit two yards in the backfield and having to work for a yard which was nice to see but look that's a it, it's overshadowed because of what this game really looked like but just need to put that out there I think we have multiple Don Burrs in the chat, so you know it's Don a bad Burr night. can't talk anything because didn't this Detroit Lions team not score a single point against Carolina and they had their backup quarterback? Like the Detroit Lions are trash. So Don Burr, just just stop, just stop. And that if for anyone who's listening, that's just some troll in on YouTube who, who loves his Lions, which are a crap. They're a worse organization than the Bears. I'm I'm not gonna go on this rant, but. Shush. <laughs> You're not, but you kind of did. You dipped I your did. toe into it, which is fine. I'm here for it. We we usually do play pretty nice here. Um, but, Nick, we can move into the second quarter here uh, and talk about this Bears offense. Uh, they did reshuffle the offensive line again, moving Cody White here to left guard, Sam Mustafer at center, Alex Bars at right guard, and then you moved out of Fetty to right tackle, which is where he's played prior to coming to the Bears this season in Seattle. And I thought – those adjustments, again, I'm not trying to make us have huge, deep, in-depth discussions what happened, but I thought that was a, a move that did have positive results going back to what you just mentioned from what we saw out of David Montgomery today and just the general push that we saw from this unit. I thought Cody White here playing guard, he looked much more uh, proficient uh, as an offensive lineman compared to what we've seen at center this year. Yeah, I would have to agree with that, Will. I think just with I don't know if it's just Cody Whitehair just a year in general. It seemed like there was just too much on his plate to, one, diagnose what guys are coming and then having to make the calls on the offensive line. But moving him over, I think I just settled things down for him a little bit. And then um, just playing in the interior, obviously we'll do things like that. But I think the biggest problem, Will, and this is why I was looking like more to next season, is like those tackles. And obviously Jermaine Fetty going out to play right tackle he hasn't played that all season for the Bears, and this was a move made because of injuries and things like that. But even Charles Leno Jr., who I don't want to say he's been stable for the Bears, but constantly all night, well, just being bullied. And I, I tweeted like he's being bullied, um, you know, this tonight. But everyone was tweeting at me, no, no, Nick, he's been bullied all season. Like, yes, both are true. But I just I, tonight he was really being bullied at all season. That is also true. So. Yeah, the offensive line, I think, you know, blocking-wise, run run blocking did look a little bit better, but um, there were still many plays you can look at at 
the same problems just occurring. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and obviously that's why the tackles were my X factor tonight. I did have, and I, even though I thought it was going to be, you know, Coward or Spriggs, I never even thought they were going to actually slide a Fetty out there. That wasn't really talked about until that point. Um, but yeah, uh, they were uh, controlled. Uh, Leno Jr. specifically was a little overwhelmed uh, by both Smiths tonight, and they also brought in that the Gary guy as well, as I mentioned. Uh, so we don't need to get into that. What did you think about? Uh, let's talk about early on Mitch and Bill Lazor and what they're trying to do in offense. Because before the game kind of got completely out of hand, I liked it. You start the game off uh, with a quick snap. You get up there to the line, don't even get into a cadence. You just snap it and go. You follow it up with a huge hole, get a big run. Trubisky's making some good decisions in the red zone. I was like, you know what? We may have an interesting game at our hands, or at least an interesting offensive attack. Uh, what did you see early on? Because I think what we saw from all the struggles after the fact, whether it be the the Mitch turnover, the interception, which is a terrible ball, bad decision, uh, the fumble, the other interception, all bad. And I'm and we're not. Gonna, I don't want to harp on all the bad right now, uh, but I do think, of course, you're trying to play catch up. You're down by a lot. And you have to try to do something. Um, so what did you see early on, and is it anything you think the Bears can potentially build off of? You know, I thought, like, when you look at how the Bears started their first two drives, it was off play action. It was Even though the Bears only gained three yards on the very first play, it was a play action pass to Allen Robinson. Great. You do that, and then you have the 57 yards to David Montgomery. The second drive, play action again, but this is to commit for eight yards. It's really just extending the pocket a little bit. And look, why um, Mitch has had struggles is that he has to read a full field. But when you do that play action, it limits his options, cuts it in half, and he can make more of those precise throws and not have to really think about where he's going to go with the ball. So I think that's what they were doing well. And you said it, like kind of using his legs to extend plays and even get first downs running that's where Trubisky has some value. But, I mean, Will, I started tweeting it out, especially when the plays kept happening. We saw the same old Trubisky. And, you know, before mm-hmm. I go there, I mean, like even on the first drive, though, the, the pass to Cole Komet that was dropped, I thought that was good placement and good decision. Like he said when he was a scout team quarterback that he was trying different throws. I thought that was maybe a throw that he was trying that you normally wouldn't have seen, just giving – his guy a chance throwing it he's not entirely open but where the ball placement is he is open and then same thing with Allen Robinson just giving him a chance but outside of that well then you go into all the bad messing up in an RPO the ball ends up on the ground come on this is you're you're far into your career now to where that that can't be the same you can't keep making that same mistake throwing into triple coverage well when Allen Robinson's coming open underneath he is but Trubisky has this tendency and why he ultimately is going to is a bust he just know he picks where he's going to throw and that's it that's that's where he's throwing the ball it doesn't matter if you're open that's his first read he's going to give you a he's going to give you a chance right air quotes there but um just the same mistakes were occurring and the same guy that wanted to try different throws that was you know the same guy that was benched in week three the same guy that's came out to the Bears, or again in this game in Week 12, which is very unfortunate for Bears fans, but that's the reality of the situation. They don't have an answer at quarterback because Trubisky, Nick Foles, whoever it is, they're just not the guy. No, they're not. Uh, and again, were we hoping that Mitch could provide a spark? Yes. And I do think we saw the offense 
looked different in terms of what they were trying to do with Mitch, uh, which, again, I don't think Bill Lazor is not the answer either uh, as a play caller, probably as an offensive coordinator. But I was, at least early on, slightly excited seeing some of the differences in how they were approaching this offense compared to what we have all season, which has not been yielding any results. And it was kind of like a fresh, uh, you know, so a breath of fresh air until uh, the defense, which we'll talk about, didn't hold up their end of the bargain today, which gave this offense zero shot. Because again, you got to keep teams at least moderately scoring, low scoring. We know that. Um, but yeah, uh, unfortunately, that's the case. Anything else that uh, you want to mention about this offense in general? Again, we don't need to talk about specific plays, specific drives. I don't think we need to get into any of that today. Darnell Mooney had a good game. Uh, of course, he was awesome, but he had a good game, but he was open a lot. I want to see the All-22. If Was he getting himself open? Were they just playing off of him? I'd be curious about that, but at least he had a, some decent production today uh, as well. But how about you, Nick? Anything uh, on offense you want to talk about or just, you know, rip off the Band-Aid and start griping? Yeah, I mean, we could gripe all day, well, honestly, but we'd be here all day, which which is not the goal of this podcast. But I do, like, Darnell Mooney was a guy that I wanted to highlight. And, look, he only had three reception for 34 yards, but there was a holding penalty on Charles Leno Jr., a guy they were just talking about that would have been a first down for the Bears, kept the offense on the field, but that didn't happen. That led, ultimately, to the, the fumble by Trubisky that gets returned for a touchdown. But he's a playmaker. He's a playmaker. If you put Darnell Mooney... And any other offense, he's going to produce, except for the Jets. I always say that in this podcast, but except for the Jets, um, he would produce. And, uh, you know, that's, I think, when I'm looking, again, what, what I was doing during the game, future goal, like future, just what's ahead for the Bears, that's a guy that you want on your team. That's a deep shot waiting to happen if you have a right quarterback that can actually connect on the throw or just a good route runner. That's what Darnell Mooney provides for an offense. And, I'm excited for him. I really am because I think there are going to be some some big changes here in the near future, and I can't wait to see what he can do in a Compton offense, Compton play caller, and with the Compton quarterback. You know, I think he had a strong start to the game because when I, I switched tabs here in my browser and you see three catches for 34 yards on nine targets, uh, it's not a lot of bang for your buck. Um, but, again, that's quarterback play. Uh, that's just throwing it over there as well and uh, – yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know, Nick. Is there anything else? I mean, this offense was very much everything that we'd expect. Again, early on, different wrinkles, cool. But then you get behind, and you know they can't play catch-up until it's the fourth quarter. You're down by a lot. Teams play off. And then you can dink your dunk your way downfield with some seven-yard passes. Tony Dungy gives you some backhanded compliments to make you really hate life. And here we are doing a post-game show. I don't know if there's anything more. Uh, if you want to talk about uh, at all with them, uh, obviously there's nothing new here. It's a lot of the same in uh, same old stuff every single week with this bunch uh, for the most part. But I don't know. I'm at a loss where to take the conversation. Uh, so usually I feel pretty good about that. But this is one of those games, one of those weeks where it's just like, I don't know. Yeah, well, I think what's so frustrating is that what – this game was out of hand really early on, right? I mean, Green Bay scored 21 in the third quarter and already had six in the first. So the Bears were down. So whatever you're seeing production-wise, is it is it actually what would be happening if this game was relatively close? A, a one-score game, two-score, whatever. So, like, you see the yards, and Trubisky put up 242 with three touchdowns, right? And he had 46 attempts. Like, everything that we're seeing – 
and all these fantasy points that I got. Like, this, there's no value in this. Like, Matt Nagy has talked about that before. It was against the Saints last year where the Bears were scoring some points. Like, and a reporter asked him, like, do you do you have value in that? No. Like, we don't have any value in any of this because that's not what the Packers would be doing. They're not a good defense, but still, it's – like none of this that we can take moving forward and I don't even think it really matters because everything is broken but I think there was a comment that I do want to a comment on <laughs> Tony Dungy said like the Bears do a little bit of everything they're they're like a, a menu that has all these different things but uh, they don't have one thing well and then I immediately thought like they're they're like a restaurant that literally doesn't have a menu like there is nothing to choose from because that's what the Bears offense is there's no go-to there's no signature dish there's nothing that you could say, oh, the Bears are going to run this to get that first down because this is what they do best. No, they don't They don't have that. They don't have any of that that every other offense in the league has, and this is now Nagy's third year. And that's what's so frustrating about all of this is that we still don't know, Will, the identity or what the Bears even like to do. They just go out there and call plays and just hope for the best, and that's – that's honestly what the Bears' offense is, and that's why it produces the results that it has. I think the more damning statement in there is they don't know their identity. They don't know what they can do well, and they've been trying to figure that out. That's the every single week uh, we're going to go back to the drawing board, do some self-scouting, and figure it out. And they, they obviously can't do that every week, and they're not finding any success. Uh, so, yeah, Nick – uh, as much as we would love to know the identity of this offense, I think more importantly, they should know. And unfortunately, they do not. So it's a huge uh, issue that, uh, f- fortunately, unfortunately, may have some changes uh, from the top down that maybe could help them find some answers, uh, hopefully sooner rather than later. I know one Matt is out in the NFC North as head coach. I don't know if we need to start talking about the other one here on the show, but I mean, you start looking at the results and then when you see teams give up like they did tonight, it really starts to creep into your head. And I, I know we try not to get too far into that speculation. Um, Nick, can I rip off a Band-Aid real quick? Burning Do question. Do you want Matt Nagy gone? Do I? I think I do. Um, I've seen enough. I've seen enough of this offense. I've seen enough of this team to where one 2018 spectacular season that was led by your defense doesn't warrant. And a coach of the year, he got coach of the year because of his fantastic Vic Fangio-led defense. Matt Nagy hasn't done anything to help Chicago become a competitor. Why keep him around? I want things to change. And again, I think there was a question I posed last week. Does Matt Nagy make this team better, Will? I'll, I'll throw that question to you. Not known. Not not this year. Uh, 2018, yes. This year, no. Last year, no. So that's two out of three for no. I was thinking about 2018. We talked about the reflecting earlier. What if, and this is a big what if, I mean, everyone wanted John Fox gone. What if he stayed? You brought in Matt Nagy for offensive coordinator. You may have the same season. Yeah. I mean, to be completely honest, that – I think it all just kind of goes back to him. And I don't know if maybe if this role was too much. And look, I think it's a daunting task and position to take over like the, the Bears head coaching position and try to establish an offense here because it's never been really done. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it would have been a failure, too. So 
it, it may just be the person and whoever is next. It could be a very similar, I guess, outcome. But, yeah, I completely agree with you on that. Yeah, it's, it's not where I wanted to be here at the end of November this season, uh, especially after a 5-1 and one start. It, we, we were riding the high, and we knew it was going to come back to earth, but I think like it, like we fell through earth, and like we're now in back to bears hell. It's happened quick. <laughs> uh, five straight down the tube, and here we are. I mean, I'm again. It's like the holiday time. I'm doing Christmas decorations around the house, and today earlier, like I didn't even want to like watch some of the other games because if I got myself in football mode too soon, uh, I knew it was like you know start looking at the game ahead and. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. I didn't want to do that, and I'm glad I didn't waste my whole day on that. No, that's a that's a good point. Well, like I I had a um, my green Bears jacket that I was gonna wear on the show, but after this, I'm like, no, I'm not gonna wear that. And I I have something coming in. It's delayed a little bit through um, FedEx, but I'm gonna return it. It's Bears like sweater, and there's no reason. There's no reason. Like I'm at that point, Will, where I'm so fed up watching this team, seeing the results, and especially with this. Like, nope, that it's great sweater. I bet you it's warm too and comfy. I'm not gonna put it on. I'm just gonna put it right back in the box. Goodbye. Return to sender, and you're in sayonara. I'm. Mean, it's one of those two. Like every year on this time, I make a nice little wish list of like things I want for me, things I want for the kid. And it's like, I don't. I'm. In, I'm starting to get to the point where I'm embarrassed of wasting money on some of those items right now. They can. Be, I have a you know IU football team that's borderline top ten in the country. I gotta start supporting that here while I can. So. The world is interesting, yin-yang, things like to balance out. I get a good year for IU football, and the Bears have to totally implode, something that seemed kind of promising for um, a little bit of time. Nick, I'm going to officially move us into the third quarter of this postgame show, and when it comes to the defense, what the heck was that? I wish I knew, Will. I really wish I knew. It just seems so effortless by the Packers whatever they wanted to do and we look I think the Bears saw the national audience saw what the Bears defense is with without Akeem Hicks honestly because there were some runs just even on that first drive and throughout the game where you're like man do do the Packers one even call this play because number 96 is in in the game and two, how many yards would they actually get if Akeem Hicks is playing? Because he was dominating last year, and he had one arm. He had one arm, Will. So, I like, I think this game, you know, is a little different with Akeem Hicks, but that's one part of it. And I, I think we, we spied it early on. We were both tweeting about it. Like, Buster Screen being on Devontae Adams for one too many plays, and it could have been worse if Devontae Adams doesn't slip on that slant route, which he completely beat Buster Screen on. He, he probably walks in for a touchdown, honestly. But there was just so many things where I look at it, it, it's just, it was just too easy. And I know the Packers are a great offense, scoring 30, over 30 points a game. But this is a Bears defense, number one, the red zone. Things that, um, you know, third down, they, they can get off the field. 
No, not against Aaron Rodgers. They didn't even come. They didn't even come close to number twelve. And there was a lot of barking by like Kyle Fuller, and he was kind of getting into people. I'm like, man, your your team is not. I know you got to have that swag, that confidence, but like your guys are getting dominated right now. Just just stop. Just try to get get off the field, and then maybe you can talk some trash. But that wasn't happening. Yeah, uh, let's see. The Bears didn't even get off the field on defense. Unless it was a touchdown, they can get off the field if they surrender a touchdown until the very last drive at the half when Green Bay had the ball for 19 seconds and they ran it. (laughs) (laughs) So that was it. Uh, Every other time, though, you have 14 plays, 75 yards, 9 plays, 75 yards, 13 plays, 80 yards. And uh, I saw a longtime moderator, really good friend Tristan in the chat, saying, I think the defense was just fed up. Yeah, but if they're fed up, this is what I would expect in the second half. They were just beaten today from the jump. Uh, Chuck Pagano was uh, outmanned, outplayed in his chess match from the beginning. Uh, Again, I don't like some of the decisions, whether it's just having a three-man rush. No, you can't do that against Aaron Rodgers. You have to put pressure on him. You have to find ways to get pressure in. Aaron Rodgers, too, had himself uh, a field day against this defense, whether it be uh, knowing what they're throwing at him or just having all day to pick him apart. Again, only like, what, a few incompletions? I think maybe it's like six. I don't have it in front of me, but it wasn't a lot. 21 for 29, 211 yards, four touchdowns. Like, it was just – it felt like a lot more. Like, when you look at the yardage and just the Mm -hmm. attempts, it feels like a lot more. But he was so efficient – and knew where to go and just where to place the ball that he just he, he honestly picked apart the Bears defense there wasn't any pass rush like you were saying and again like when you have that interior not collapse on Aaron Rodgers and there's nothing collapsing on the edges and it's Aaron Rodgers like he's going to pick you apart like what were the Bears even thinking when when they want did you here well did you see a, a linebacker blitz like did Roquan Smith ever blitz did Dan Trevathan like I don't know if I even saw that or maybe I, I wasn't paying I attention. I saw it a couple of times okay. too late. Um, but even when you do those, if those don't hit home, you're so exposed because they if that happens and you're playing man how you were, it's just you're gonna you're asking for a big play. And what I think the Bears were trying to do was keep everything in front of them and limit the big play. Uh, the unfortunate part was Green Bay was just like a one step ahead. They didn't need the big play today. They just needed to get four yards, and they get six. And then they would need to get five yards, and they get seven. It, it didn't matter. They would just pick them apart all day long. Again, they're on the field for seven and a half minutes, another six, another eight, and then later on another five-minute drive. It was just – I felt like every time I looked up, it was the Bears' offense off the field. Uh, before the kid went to bed, he was like, the Bears have only had the ball twice in this half. I'm like, yeah, it's been a long day of watching Aaron Rodgers, son, and I don't like this uh, any more than you do. And he even asked me, too, before we went to bed, he's like, this is a rivalry game? I'm like, yes. He's like, didn't feel like it, and he's seven, and he knows this. Um, it's it's sad. It's hard to teach a kid about the rivalry when you watch the current Bears-Packers because it's been – so uh, lopsided, one-sided. But, yes, Nick, uh, Devontae Adams on Buster screen, not a good idea. Somehow putting Danny Trevathan on him, another bad idea. And then you get to the point where maybe we'll just have both of them cover him. We don't need safety help. We'll just have Buster screen and Danny Trevathan do it. Also not a, a great idea. Where I think – I don't even know if it's uh, – you can blame Chuck Pagano and uh, 100% put the blame on him, right, for this one. 
but you also have to give the Packers credit because they lined up in correct formations. They were putting themselves in these matchups, and uh, that's a testament to them for knowing what the Bears like to do, what the Bears are, gonna, how they're going to attack that offense and just counter it. Whether it be the multiple rub routes with like a million crossing routes and you just get the one guy free because you don't have any pass rush, so all you have to do is wait for one option to finally break free. Or if it is, just finding a way to get Adams and some of the other playmakers uh, in space and with those good matchups. And, Nick, I know in the preview show you said, you know, watch out for it's always Bears-Packers where some of these smaller guys will come up with some big plays, and you saw them from Lazard, Tunyon, uh, St. Brown, guys that have not been involved in this offense rarely this season for Green Bay besides sporadically. And, of course, they all have pretty decent games, big plays when it matters types of moments. And just like no matter what the Bears wanted to do, it wasn't going to work. And whatever the Green Bay was willing to impose on this defense, they can do it all day long. Yeah, well, and I think what the Packers were – look, credit to them. They saw Buster Screen and Dag Trevathan as their weakest links in coverage. And you know what they did well? They kept trying to target those guys, try to get them in – situations or plays where it would put them in a position to try to actually make a play but fail to actually execute it um effectively and look the packers capitalized on it that's what a good offensive that's what a good offense does that's what a good coach will do scheming for the week heading into the game and then what a good quarterback will do when it's time to execute the play they will look at those weaknesses on a defense and every single defense has one one or two or whatever it may be and they'll exploit it. That's just something, well, it's like almost foreign to see because what the Bears offense can't do is all the things I just said. But that's what the Packers and what makes them far and above a better football team that the Bears have been in the past 10 years. So they can execute those plays and become efficient on offense. And that's what they did tonight. And, uh, you know, you got to give credit for doing so. But it's, it's common sense. It's like things that, you know, any team would want should do and they just do it far far better than the bears ever will did you think that we would have saw the lack of effort from the defense this week like we did uh for me it was actually one of the last things on my mind i thought they're going to keep us in this game it was going to be another uh instance where we're on this post game show and we're like you know if we would just have a freaking offense maybe we can find some wins here and i didn't really expect this kind of blowout and output from Green Bay. Uh, from, again, the last time they, I can't, well, I can't remember the last time they put 40 plus on us. It's been uh, a little while, and I don't like to remember, but I really thought with this Bears defense and how they've been playing, I really, this is one of the last things I expected to see out of this game. Yeah, it is. Well, I mean, especially because I think all year they've been obviously a very good unit. They, Obviously not as quite as good as or not nearly as good as twenty eighteen. But then there's also the other side of, of the conversation here is like it was gonna happen at some point, right? Like and yeah. I think just with everything, all the, the variables, the Packers and primetime football, it's like yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense that they broke and just just lost I, I guess like effort, but the missed tackles and like Eddie Jackson getting fooled in the play action pass, giving up the touchdown to Tunyon, I think it was, and also missing a tackle. It's like these are also some of your 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 big name guys that are like missing and whiffing on some of these plays here, and that's what's really um, you know concerning and just I think 
disappointing to see. But yeah, it was good. It was bound to happen at some point. This team has never been able this season really to get after the quarterback and we know the Packers always have a good offensive line and they're a smart team like I was just saying earlier. So it was bound to happen, but I didn't I didn't think it would. That's why even in our predictions, we had it closer. It was we didn't have the Packers scored 41. No way. But we knew they'd win, just not this convincingly and by dominating the Bears' defense. Yeah, uh, again, from the very moment, it was just no reason. What I have in my notes I, while you're talking, I, I looked at it, which is no resistance. Every single drive until I quit taking notes halfway through uh, the second quarter, just no resistance, no resistance, no resistance. Too wheezy, uh, other words I see. And just those big, huge gains that they were able to get uh, on the uh, on the ground, right up the gut. Uh, very first drive, he had one for eight, nine, fourteen. And then I got discouraged, and I stopped even keeping track of some of those. But it seemed like all game long, when they needed a big run, or in general when they would just hand it off, and it was between the tackles, uh, primarily to the right side of the offense, where Key Mix would necessarily be. It was just so freaking easy for them to get a good head of steam uh, before any contact and. Uh, unfortunately, they did a good job of taking Roquan Smith and Danny Trevathan uh, out of the plays, whether it be those cutback uh, plays that they were running or just getting to the second level and washing them out, um, which we saw early on this season, which is a problem, and it's something that we haven't seen in a few weeks. And, Nick, uh, if you remember correctly, in a preview show, I gave the Bears' run defense the edge, and I've been so hesitant over the last month to do so. Uh, and I thought they were starting to prove it a little bit, and I thought even without Akeem Hicks, they should be okay in this regard. And again, Nick, every time I give them a little bit of confidence and a little bit of a head nod, uh, they they destroy it so fast. And I think I, I can't be burned for the third time this season. I think I have to just be uh, hesitant from this point forward. Yeah, and it's tough, Will, because, look, obviously you're, you're missing Akeem Hicks, but obviously for, for the whole season they've been missing Eddie Goldman and you know, full strength, I, I don't think that this is the same result. But, hey, it happened. The Packers dominated up front. And, like, that no resistance uh, note that you had um, just just while you were watching the game, like, that's in my notes a bunch of times, too. Like, there's no, no resistance. There's no uh, – like, they're just being pushed back, this defensive line. And once that happens, like, you're given – you're automatically given yards right at the right at the get-go. So, yeah, it's, it's um, not an ideal situation. And John Jenkins, Bilal Nichols, I look, I'm sure they played as best they could, but they're just not the players that those other two guys that I mentioned really are and what they do for that position. So uh, they were at a disadvantage, but we did expect better given how they played against two of the NFL's leading rushers and Dalvin Cook, you know, Henry, and mm-hmm. did a fair good, pretty good job against them, but didn't happen tonight. Nope, did not have it. Another thing they did not have uh, was the ability or the technique to tackle. Apparently, uh, having a bye week. By the way, Matt Nagy, 0-3 in bye weeks now. Uh, so that's great. Well, after bye weeks, not in bye weeks. Although, uh, you can technically call last week. No, actually, the Bears did a pretty good job in the bye week. They got some good wins uh, that helped them out around the league. Um, but no, 0-3 after the bye week. But yeah, Nick, apparently this team, uh, with that week off, completely forgot uh, how to tackle, and uh, I know you said you didn't think Eddie Jackson being away from the building all week was going to be a big factor, but I thought it lo- it showed that he wasn't in there and, and as involved throughout the game prep as he normally would be just because he was out because he's on the COVID list. Yeah, well, you know what? I'm going to be – like I almost tweeted this during the game, and I don't know why I didn't because it's definitely true. 
Like, he... Eddie Jackson hasn't been the same since he got that contract extension. I'm going to be completely honest. Like, I, I know he doesn't get targeted as much and, and things of that nature, but I don't know. It just doesn't seem like he he is that playmaker like he was in 2018. I think the stars just align to get us all sucked into the Bears and the hype and what this team could be. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic. Our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. But reality, it's nowhere as close as a lot of people predicted that this was a, you know, maybe... A a player away from being a championship caliber team and like you know ajax is still a fine safety but like he out of position missing on tackles and you know just given the the mistakes he made tonight that's not what what the you know highest paid safety in the league he once was like you shouldn't be doing that even if you do uh, even if you your defense has been you know carrying this team that shouldn't happen but I just feel like ever since that contract extension, Eddie Jackson hasn't been that playmaker. You know what? It would be an interesting column, article, research to look what he was doing before and after. Uh, and see if you can't find any correlation there. Just to, just to put that on you. Just to back it up. To think about. Yeah, just something to think about, uh, honestly, as we go through it. But, yeah, uh, that's that's interesting. And it's you said it, right? We all got sucked into the hype. Now, 2018, I mean, that got, got all of our hopes up. Starting 2019, of course, and even this year, we're like, I th- we're what are we, a quarterback away, and then or a kicker? Oh, it was a kicker, and then it was a quarterback, and now it's like a quarterback, a couple tackles, another running back to end this rotation, probably another receiver, definitely a tight end. Still, you're looking at a pass rush that we can't really find right now. You have an aging inside linebacker you need to replace in Danny Trevathan. Uh, your corners. You need, you need a nickel corner that can play like uh, Bryce Callahan. What a tremendous value he was to this defense, and I miss him so much. And then still, Tashawn Gibson, we don't talk about him on this podcast, which isn't a bad thing, but it's not a good thing uh, f- at all either. So the list, Nick, oh, and probably another, well, t- if Cohen gets healthy, a punt return is okay. But, yeah, just the list just grew so fast and so vastly. Uh, it just shows how quickly, you know, the NFL, not for long, it, it definitely shows uh, right now with this uh, with this team. Is there anything else about this game specifically that you wanted to mention, Nick? I am i don't have much on my list, and, uh, you know, if we don't need to talk about this game anymore, I would love to find a way to forget about it. No, I agree with you, Will. I, I think this game just showed the disparity between the Green Bay Packers and literally everyone else in the NFC North. So, um, yeah, they're far and above, like I said earlier in the podcast, the best team in this division, and they'll remain that way as long as number 12 and – Whoever else is playing quarterback, it seems like it, it remains there. But, yeah, that, that's all I got. Okay. Uh, I think that's fair. Uh, looking big picture real quick uh, as we kind of just uh, maybe wrap things up here a little sooner. It is 12.15 in the morning uh, my time, and I had a few days off for the holiday, so I'm sure I'm going to really love waking up early uh, on a short night's sleep, getting back to my Mondays. Um, but, Nick, if they blow it up, and again, it's still an if. Uh, ideally, they probably do at this point. As a Bears fan, and now you have to kind of look at your projections and move them down the line, and heck, you don't even know when things can even be relatively good again. Does that 
excite you at this stage or where's your mindset at? Because for me, I'm still at the the heartbroken disappointment stage where it's like, I thought we had something here that we could actually make a serious run. Not again, 2018 got our hopes up last year. We knew, and then hopefully this year we're going to at least make a push. And then with the five and one start, you're like, you know, maybe they can be a team that give you some hope. And now it's kind of been all ripped away from me. Uh, so as exciting or as much as I do think ch- big changes need, uh, it just is disappointing to know like now we're tacking on an extra few years before relevancy can even be potentially considered again. Yeah, well, I don't know if excitement's the right word because the Bears can easily get it all wrong again. And ha- we can go through the same process. We're rebuilding, right? Getting pieces were and all the pieces you mentioned let's say the bears start building it up but they just have the wrong people in place or the like they draft the pieces but the the players aren't who they thought they were going to be similar to what happened in this rebuild right so it it's it's just something that needs to happen i i wouldn't say i'm, I'm very excited about it because i just don't trust the bears to honestly make the right decision. Yep. And that's what's that's what's so scary about the future of this team. Like I say, yes, change needs to happen. You you can get rid of your coach, GM, and start trading away players. And maybe you're starting to regroup and get that team that you want. But it doesn't guarantee that it's all going to work out. And that's such the scary thing in all this. And, well, look, I love talking Bears football with you. But, my goodness, we got to talk about – Detroit Lions-esque seasons, like where they're winning three games or stuff like that, that's a jab at Lions fans again. Like that's just going to get depressing, like it yep. is being a Lions fan. But um, that's where I think this can get, um, again, back to a place where we're at right now, where it's it's dreadful talking about the Bears. So exciting is not the right word. It's just something that needs to happen. And, we'll again, we'll have to wait and see what the results end up being because the Bears haven't showed us – since they won a Super Bowl in 1985, that they can actually get things right. Yeah, and again, that's the risk-reward, the gamble that you take each and every time that you try to rebuild or retool and you do blow it up. You start tanking. I don't think you're going to tank per se, but if you do start trading away assets and moving around cap space and changing leadership, uh, it is a risk. It doesn't mean it will be better. You give the hope, though, and that's how, how you can sell uh, tickets and merchandise and make money. Uh, I, we understand how the game works off the field as much as it does um, on the field. But yeah, Nick, uh, sometimes it does have to get darker before it gets better. Uh, and like you, um, if we have to go back to some of those 2016, 2015, 2017 uh, types of bear seasons where we're on here uh, talking only about three wins, that's going to be some long years uh, yet again, I'm sure my hair will be completely gray uh, by the time I actually get back to a winning season, if that's the case. But uh, since we're unofficially in the fourth quarter of this postgame show, um, I don't want to do a quick hit on special teams. I don't think I want to call an audible uh, besides maybe starting the game. Uh, MVB, are we just going to do a quick consensus David Montgomery? I think that's about right. No one on the defense deserves it. And David nope. Montgomery's the best player for the Bears today. Tonight. All right. Quick, simple, easy enough. Any final words? I'm not even going to do a two-minute warning. Uh, I don't think I want to put the time there on the clock. I don't want to find how to fill two minutes of, uh, of air. So uh, any just final thoughts, and we'll wrap it up. And uh, What are you going to ask the Magic 8-Ball? 
a simple question. Will the Bears win another game this season? Will they? And here's here's who they got on the schedule, you guys. After this Green Bay game, they have the Lions. Eh, they probably could get a win there. Lions, Texans, Minnesota, Jacksonville Packers. Okay, hold Will, on one second. Before you do that, if they don't fire anyone here soon, uh, again, after you lose to a uh, divisional, your bitter rival, the way they did, uh, knowing the Bears, they won't do it this early in the season, but how they gave up against Green Bay, the Packers, uh, and how they've this whole season's kind of gone, uh, maybe it's warranted. Would Mike Glennon beating us uh, with Jacksonville be enough to put the nail in Ryan Pace's coffin if that ends up being the case? If that happens, Will, if Mike Glennon, is that at home too? At, oh, at Jacksonville. It doesn't matter. But if Mike Glennon beats this Bears team, I, there has they just need to fire somebody before like the final whistle blows before we even go live like fired somebody needs to go um if if it doesn't happen sooner again that is in week 16 they still have the lions texans and minnesota vikings they can go haywire with how this bears team is playing but yeah a mike glennon victory over the bears you clean house dumpster fire just clean everybody out but um let's see concentrate and ask again god I, i've asked it twice already and it said it's hazy we don't know so they don't know so it's probably oh here we go here we go wait will would i ask him will the bears win another game this season mm-hmm. most likely okay they have the lions yeah i get it but um most likely but it was hazy there were two responses where i didn't know so it's gonna come down to a fourth quarter game like it always has been will yeah, no, I'm telling you, though, Nick, the, the full circle-ness, though, if they do lose to Mike Glennon, like, just showing like how everything comes back and how it can end the same way it almost kind of began. Uh, not for, uh, of course, with, uh, yeah, no, it would be, that would be so sad, um, but almost hilarious to actually have that be reality. And not that I want to see it, but if it would be an interesting post-game show if that actually ended up being the case. He actually may end up being the MVP if he can get someone fired. Uh, and heck, Mike Glennon <laughs> has probably always wanted to be an MVP in our podcast and just could never get it done when he was here. But all right, Nick, so no more anything from you. Uh, gonna zip and we're gonna just call this a podcast. Just call it a podcast, Will. You want to let people know, though, if uh, they feel bad for us staying up late talking about this game, how they can uh, help support us in our efforts, put a smile on our face this week, and get a shout out in our preview pod coming up in a few days. Yeah, absolutely, and I know I saw some um, donations come in the chat, and we'll definitely address that in the preview podcast, but thank One you to everybody. Don I did see that, and Don, I know I was giving you some slack, but I do appreciate that, and you know, I guess all in love. But uh, if you want to get a shout-out on the next podcast and help us you know, just keep this thing running while everything is going drastically downhill here's how you can make that happen on venmo or paypal you can send us a donation and if you do that you'll get a shout out on the next podcast at venmo you can uh, send us a donation at the chicago audible should see my name and the chicago audible logo and on paypal it's www.chicagoaudible.com slash paypal again venmo at the chicago audible paypal's www.chicagoaudible.com slash paypal Awesome stuff there. Yes, definitely help us out. Uh, I have a shout-out that came from PayPal. I'd love to do more if we can here uh, within a few days. And, uh, again, it helps us keep it running. And uh, through these dark times, it would definitely help some motivation to kind of keep things running uh, per usual as we kind of limp our way uh, probably to towards the end of this season. 
uh, and hopefully the offseason gets us plenty to uh, talk about. But I want to thank you uh, if you're listening here on YouTube, Periscope, uh, Facebook Live. I know it's late, uh, early. It depends on where you're in the world. I know we have a global audience, but no matter what time it is, where you're at, uh, thank you so much for watching live. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast here after the fact, thank you as well. Again, it doesn't matter where you are, how you consume our show. Uh, Nick and I really do appreciate uh, the time that you took uh, to give us uh, some of your day. Uh, and of course, listen to us talk about the Bears. And uh, like you, we all wish it was uh, a little bit better right now. Uh, also, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. That way we can reach more Bears fans just like you. Up next, I know Don Burr is excited because it is Lions Week. Uh, they are without Matt Patricia because, well, he's gone. Uh, so we'll talk about the impact of that and uh, everything that comes after. Nick, quick spoiler alert, I hate playing teams with interim head coaches because they always tend to play a little bit better somehow. And we'll talk about how that will shake out here in just a few days. Something for everyone to stew on, I guess, uh, that is not a Chicago Bears loss because I'm sure we're all stewing on that right now uh or if you're listening to the next day and you still are take a breath and we'll all move on together i I promise but we'll talk to you here as soon as we get back to our game week preparations for the detroit lions but until then bear down chicago How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it.